Hey everybody, this is Joe with Joe's Compendium, and this is the first episode of hopefully many. Uh, I was talking about having a special guest, and here he is. This is my friend Danny, and he is a up-and-coming Twitch streamer, if you want to introduce yourself. How's it going, everybody? My name is Danny Okos. I stream a variety of games of... A variety of games on Twitch. Um, anything I play competitive games like Overwatch and Apex Legends to we play things like Bioshock, uh, We Happy Few story-based games. So pretty much anything you might want to see we'll have on the channel. Yeah, no, I remember when I ran into you at PAX, I was like, I definitely need to get you on the show to start it off because we're both still in the very early stages of what we want to do and where we want to be. So hopefully this is uh, two beautiful beginnings, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no problem. So to get things started, I wanted to say to everybody that um, I want to do this show because we just finished PAX. PAX was just this past weekend, and it was honestly a blast. I had a lot of fun. I've been going to PAX for about four years now, and I wanted to really talk about my experiences in depth. I normally don't get the chance to do that, but uh, we're going to do that today. And we're going to also get the experiences from a Twitch streamer side. So why don't we have you go off first? What was it like? You are a Twitch streamer. You do have a lot of followers. What was it like coming to PAX? What was the experience like for you? Um, it was incredible. Um, I'm going to start by saying, uh, as as just a viewer, I usually went to PAX for just one day a year, get the experience, see whatever I could see. But, I mean, I could only really get one day off of work. This year, we tw we treated PAX like it was work. So we went all four days, and honestly, instantly, we walked through the door, and uh, Gibbonator, one of our followers, instantly greeted us. It was fantastic to just be recognized and to feel like it, it was kind of validated that we were there for that reason. Um Thursday night, the first day of the con, we were invited to a VIP party by uh, Bluebird, the team behind Layers of Fear and their new game, Layers of Fear 2. Um, just, just basically from the moment we went, it was with open arms. People were there to enjoy the show, but they had it in the back of their heads that we were going to be there, and it was just awesome to see the feedback that we got. See, that's amazing. Like, I want to stream too, but you know, that's something much farther down the line. But I love seeing people who stream those personalities. Everybody has a favorite Twitch streamer. Everybody has like a favorite artist they like, whether it be sports, movies, TV shows, voice acting. And when you really get to meet that person, like in front of you in person, it's a great feeling. Like, I can understand that total feeling of validation. So, and that's, I, I can't express enough the way that it feels on the other side too, that there's, there's people out there who so seriously loved meeting us. Um, to the, we, we had one guy come back later saying, oh my gosh, why didn't I take a picture the first time? So just, just that feeling of, I, I mean, knowing how I would feel if I met one of my favorite content creators to know that i made someone else feel that way is just like fantastic dude i understand that completely like if i ever ran into one of my favorite streamers one of my favorite streamers is Jardio, and he gets a lot of flack from other people but like i love him he's hilarious he's down to earth he's a great guy and um if i ever met him in person i'd probably lose it 
I like just quietly have like my little fangasm in the corner and everything. But moving on, I mean, like this whole weekend, we had four days. Normally, it's only Friday, Saturday, Sunday that I go, but I was able to work all four days. And this is the first time I did the full day on Thursday, too. But um, there was a lot of games. Like, I got a chance to try out a decent amount of them, but we'll we'll get to that more in, in context in a little bit. But my experiences with this con is always great. Like, I've been an enforcer for about three, four years for going to it, and before I was an enforcer, I came to it once as just just a regular old Joe and just how expansive it is, the kind of connections you can make, the people you meet, and everything else. It's just phenomenal. Like, I've run into so many indie gamers. They're all really chill. They really love talking about their games. And all the other people that you get a chance to meet, all the famous people you get a chance to meet. I mean, like, my first year I came to PAX, I ended up playing with Sky Williams in a couple games of Smash Brothers. And, like, I didn't know who he was at the time. But I took a picture, I told my friends about it, and everybody was just like, oh my god, you met Sky Williams? You, you not know who that is? And I was just like, no, 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 who is he? He's like, really, really popular guy. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like, all these people are, like, really down to earth. And that's what really brings it home with things like PAX and everything else. You get these people who are down to earth, and it just makes you like them even more. It gets them more followers, it helps both of you out. You get more stuff to watch, and you get more people to talk about, so... But moving on, I mean, like, what were some of the um, major things that you came across when you were at the con? Um, as far as major things go, I mean, I, I think I was your intent to talk more indie because I think it would be hard to gloss over Borderlands Three, <laughs> how big that was, <laughs> just how big that was at PAX East 2019. I mean, like, that's like big, 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 big thing. But let let us talk about that because I believe you actually did get a chance to sit into the uh, panel? I did slide into that panel's DMs. Um, it was it was absolutely fantastic. And, I mean, I've played the previous Borderlands games. My, my girlfriend, Sydney, Sydney Okos, um, she had never played a Borderlands game. And she said from the moment she saw the first, like, couple moments of the new trailer, she knew there was something there. And by the end of the trailer, she was hyped to come home and play the first three games. Hey, that's what's up. I mean, like, that's a lot of content to get through, too, is Borderlands 1, 2, and pre-sequel. And those games are big. Not only just, like, from story-wise, but, like, just the amount of guns that are in that game. Those, those games are massive. And speaking of that trailer, I remember watching it, like, about, uh... 30 minutes after the panel because I couldn't make it to the panel because I had a shift. But my God, did it look great. Like, a lot of those new character designs are amazing. Absolutely. There's, I mean, the two villains, I've just found out they're named Troy and Tyreen. And I swear, that's, I mean, for anybody who hasn't seen my stream, we have like a, kind of a cult bit. It's it's tongue-in-cheek, but Long story short, the fact that their vibe is like Sid and I's essence pulled out and put into characters, and it's all cult-themed, like I, that enough was enough for me in any game, let alone the fact that this is a new Borderlands. There's so much character there. Oh, yeah. If there's one thing that I remember about Borderlands, playing them and then watching my friends play them and getting to experience the game, 
the characters are so vibrant. They are like they 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 just have a lot of personality. You love them, you hate them. You love to hate them, you love to love them. Like this, everything about them is just great. And that's what you're gonna get from Borderlands. You're gonna get a good story. You're gonna get a lot of guns. They are some of the most creative developers when it comes to guns too. Like from what I've seen, like you mean like you can see what Overwatch has done and everything, but like these guys literally have if if it's a if it's a general idea, they'll put it into action with the guns that they have. And just looking back at the guns that were in pre sequel, oh my god. I mean, this time around we're gonna have guns with legs, so <laughs> I can't complain about guns with legs. And just some of the I, I mean, I'm so used to, you know, sandy orange and more desert Mad Max style landscapes, but I mean, now we're seeing forests, we're seeing super futuristic cities. Um, It just seems like it's a love letter to what Borderlands was supposed to be, but bringing it into an even bigger space, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, no, like, looking for the trailer, it's colorful. The past couple Borderlands were still colorful, but, you know, they still have that wasteland feel to it. This feels like those wastelands are starting to progress into real areas. Like, nature's slowly starting to creep back up to the front. Like, hey, just because I was gone for a couple hundred years doesn't mean I'm not going to come back. Hey. And it looks great. I Honestly, I can't wait. I, I want to see more, but I know we have to wait because it is just the first trailer. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they have a ton more to come for us. If if it isn't at least a 40-hour romp, I'd be very surprised. So in the lead-up, I'm sure we'll see a ton more to be excited about. Oh, most definitely. I mean, like, if I'm not mistaken, they also said that they were going to be giving us a um, release date in the next couple weeks. That's what I was I believe. I believe it might actually be tomorrow. Ooh, that would be interesting. I mean, like, that'd be really quick, especially since... Pact was literally just like six days ago, so <laughs> yeah, they're they're not taking any sort of time at all. I mean, to be fair, they took however long it was to make the game, so I'm glad they uh, took. Randy, time. Randy Pitchford mentioned it. They took five years to make this game, so five. Years. Something tells me. Something tells me that elbow grease was put in. They know what they're doing. Yeah, no, they know what they're doing. Especially since we should be taking this series, because this is also the first time they've done a official three in a game series that they've had their hands on. They've always eluded it. They've always dodged it. They've always like done something quote quote else around it. But you know, we finally get our first third official installment into one of their real series, and it's exciting. Honestly, I'm loving it. Absolutely. So moving on. I do remember when I was uh, going through a lot of the um, expo hall, there were some people that were missing that was just kind of unfortunate, but there was a lot of new a lot of new people there, a lot of new content. The VR seems to be coming along quite great, although I didn't get a chance to try it. It looks like comparing it from what, this year to last year, the VR looks far cry different. It looks more stable, looks fun. And I was watching um, uh, one of the one of the booths where they were playing that music game where you slash the blocks. You know which one that is? Beat Saber, yes. Yes. I was watching somebody play that, and that looked like a lot of fun. So, you, you, go ahead. Just, just the fact that 
VR went from having some curtains suspended some from metal rails to now, I mean, just giant glass rooms and it, the opportunities there for these games to be presented in a nicer setting. So they must be making some money. I, I doubt that VR is going to keep being relegated to the back and to the smaller section. It looks like it's becoming bigger and better. So it's good to see. Yeah, it's very good to see. I mean, it's always good to have our uh, gaming options increase. And we love having our gaming options increase. I just hope we don't run into a uh, sort out online situation. We don't want to get trapped in some VR situations like that. <laughs> well, if if there's Pokemon and I'm trapped, I'm trapped. <laughs> no, no tears <laughs> falling over that one. You know what? I can't blame you on that. Being trapped with Pokemon does not seem like a bad idea at all. I get to be Red. I get to be Ash. I get to have my own Pokemon. You know, like that's that sounds addicting enough as it is. Good lord, that's, that's ideal as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you're not lying. I mean, that's that's a hell of a thing to have, you know. But overall, my experiences with Pack this this year was. Pretty good. I mean, like, to be honest, it felt like there wasn't a lot of people as it was last year, but it felt nice. Like, it didn't feel overcrowded. It felt consistently stable, in a sense. Kind of weird way to put it, but, like, it just felt good. Like, quick, easy, not too much, not too little. It was a lot of fun. A lot of things to get through. So, I kind of felt the opposite in a way. I felt like. So like you said before, some of the bigger players aren't there anymore. Specifically, Twitch isn't there and Blizzard isn't there. Yeah. And I noticed an interesting phenomena that the bigger areas seemed less crowded where the Twitches or the Blizzards um, would have been. No one was really crowded around Facebook or Mixer or Days Gone had a pretty large section. um, And it kind of felt like some of those people got pushed out more to the outskirts, which is great. And I love seeing some of the smaller developers get more. Um, but it definitely seemed very crowded on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in those more outer areas where people were coming together because the big players weren't there. Yeah, that is a very good point to bring out. I mean, like, as much as I love what Mixer and Discord are doing, you know, they aren't quite to what Twitch is, because Twitch just, Twitch is a lot. Twitch does a lot for not only gamers, but content buyers as well. Like, they get to see a lot because of Twitch. Like People sell their games through Twitch almost pretty much nowadays. Like, having a Twitch streamer play their game in beta, or having a Twitch streamer be the first person to show their game, especially if they're a popular person, is a lot of revenue. It's a lot of foot traffic. Because people are going to be like, oh, you know, my favorite streamer's playing this game. I'm going to have to check this out. Let me see what this game's all about, you know? So that's, that is... Absolutely. I, it's an interesting thing you bring that up, too, because it speaks to my experience at the Layers of Fear VIP party that I mentioned before. Um, I think Layers of Fear 2 is, I mean, I would say a much larger title than the booth it was relegated to. I don't know if you saw, but, I mean, it was as much as a podium and three screens where you could play. But I think what they did was rather than get the big booth that they could have afforded is they went ahead, they invited 100 people out, 
they treated us to dinner and drinks. And if they, if we weren't intending on playing Layers of Fear before, and I'll be honest, we weren't. Sid went ahead and streamed Layers of Fear, Fear the other day, and now you know we're both going to be streaming Layers of Fear too when it comes out. So oh yeah, to to see, absolutely they could have shown the game in a huge booth to however many people, or they could have taken a hundred streamers aside, a hundred industry people, and said. We want you to play our game so that the most amount of people can see it. And I think that might have been the right way to go about it. I Honestly, I think I'm going to have to agree with you there because having multiple people show the game off afterwards makes them not only – makes the content eaters not only you know, be like, hey, I like this. I like what my guy is playing. They'll be able to get more foot traffic on the websites, you know, the things, the Kickstarters that they're running in or anything like that. It's a great move on multiple ends, and that's where business comes in. And business being able to being able to be business savvy like that is a really good idea, really good for your games because you'll be able to sell more, and you'll be able to put more of your heart into it, and hopefully be able to finish it like you intend. Because some people can't finish their games as they intend, which is a very unfortunate thing. Agreed. I I'm sure I can list a hundred games that I wish started out where I wanted them to but didn't finish quite where I wanted them to. Um, yeah. Probably for lack of time or funds. Yeah, and that's one of the biggest ones that I remember seeing is uh, Scale Down. When that got cancelled, that was one of the games I was looking forward to the most for Xbox. But it is what it is for those kind of things. That kind of thing happens. Sometimes studios pick them back up and you know we get situations like Bayonetta where I don't think anybody was expecting Bayonetta to get a second game, and then Nintendo came out of the woodworks and was like, yo, let me snag that title real quick. And it instantly became one of the biggest games on the Wii U, and one of the biggest games people bought the Wii U. So, that's, I mean, like, honestly, that was it. I mean, like, there was a lot to take in. There was a lot of after parties. There was a lot of giveaways. A lot of the people showing off their stuff, and you know, Acer is Acer. They always have their after party. I went to that, and it was pretty fun. I can't say I agree with how they handled some of the uh, stuff, but you know, watching the watching those teams on um, was it a Rocket League get smashed like that was kind of funny. The DJ was alright, and the host was pretty good too. I mean, like they were giving out some pretty nice stuff too. I think they gave out a laptop or two, on top of some bats filled with a lot of sweet tech stuff. Yeah, this was the first time I attended the Acer party. Um, and I'll be honest, I did not watch a single frame of the Pros vs. Joe's Overwatch, or, uh, pardon me, uh, Rocket League gameplay. <laughs> I did not watch a single frame. Um, I was enjoying the music. I was networking. Uh, we had a company, I don't want to say quite who yet, pull us aside. Uh, probably shortly after we entered the area, and we spoke to them a little bit, and then I got very drunk and danced for the rest of the night until you know, we left, and I'm sure you have questions about that. <laughs> oh, my God. I saw the clips, and I could not believe what was going on. So before we get to that, I'm going to explain what happened on my end, right? So I left a little while before that happened. I know a couple of the people that work at the House of Blues. I'm really, I used to work in that area as a security guard, so I was able to get in rather quickly. And um, I met some of my friends, you know, networked a little bit, did my own thing, and then we left. 
And then come yesterday, actually, it was when I first saw it. I'm on Twitch, and I'm, like, going through some stuff. I'm, like, looking up some video games and whatnot. And then I see this clip from, uh, who was it that you were talking to? Uh, Miss Giff. He's a fine gentleman. He's really nice. Yes, yes, yes. I've heard very good things about this man. I heard you, I saw you talking to him, and, you know, you're talking, and then all of a sudden I just see a guy just get dead. And now I want to know, what in the world is going on? I... Honestly, it was actually the second time in the night that Mizgif came up to me. I've, I don't know him personally. I've never spoken to him before, but he was really nice. It was nice talking to him. And he was asking me about music, and I think he mentioned a bunch of, I don't know if they were EDM artists or K-pop artists. I'm, I'm a dad band kind of guy. Like, <laughs> you know, I, like, I like Metallica. I like Ghost. I like Necrogoblicon. Um, and I don't think I quite got the third band name out, and all I hear is someone get absolutely rocked from behind me. Yo, um, uh, <laughs> and I'm not, I, you know, I don't condone what happened, but that has to be the clip of the year. <laughs> it, it, it has like, to be. <laughs> like, you, like, you have to watch that clip multiple times and just be looking for it to see the guy come and just rock up. Like, when I first watched it, I didn't see what happened. I just saw everybody going crazy. I had to, I had to wait. I had to watch it a couple more times and I watched as the security guy came over and the dude was like, I guess the guy must have said something or must have done something. The guy, the security guy just came over and just straight elbowed him into the truck. He was on the ground and everything went crazy. Like, people were jumping all over other people and everything. And then, like, I saw the other video, too, where you were, um, where Mitzvah, uh, pardon the uh, mess, mess up there, but uh, he was talking to the other guy who was apparently involved, and we all know how drunken white people are sometimes. And it's pretty that funny. That is absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> In my three years yeah. of bouncing, I've seen many drunk people do many crazy things. And oh, I've, I've done oh. plenty of crazy things that shows being a drunk white person that <laughs> I can attest to. Usually related to a girl. Yep, that sounds about right. I mean, like that's usually what ends up happening. But you know, that's that's a whole different thing for another time. But it, did you guys see why it started, or just like it it just happened? No, it was over as fast as it happened. Um, I I vividly remember the bouncer with one of the individuals in a chokehold. I couldn't even tell you which one. I remember all the people involved leaving the area and then taking a bunch of selfies like nothing ever happened. <laughs> I mean, you know what? That doesn't surprise me because these people are crazy. And, you know, out, the amount of alcohol they probably had, even if it was watered down, you know, they they probably just were not caring. They are just like, oh, that was a fight. That just happened. It's club night, whatever. We're at PAX. We're getting lit. We're going to have a good time. You know, that's fine. <laughs> That's yep. That's exactly how it went. <laughs> so it was good. It was good. Yeah, no, it it was good. Which, by the way, Misfits, his camera, perfect quality, like crisp, clean. Like I could see everything after I got. I was able to actually see it. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I mean, his his viewer count attests to that. I he kept showing me his chat because he told me his chat would love that I said the bands I loved, and he had like thirty eight hundred viewers at the time. 
Oh man, that's. And a... I'm 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 just happy I'm just happy to be talking to the guy. I didn't dare shout myself out. I didn't want to be embarrassed, but. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a really cool guy. His quality is awesome, and it seems like his community is really cool. So I was glad to be involved in absolutely what is the clip of the year, if not the best clip of packs of all time. You know what? I, I'm gonna have to agree with you there. That's that was a great clip, and it was funny to watch. Oh man. Oh man. I will forever watch that clip. Years to come. I, I'm I'm still going back. I mean, I keep thinking of things like, Oh, what was Sydney's reaction at the time? Oh, what were my other friends doing? I just I have to see it from everybody's perspective. I yeah. have to watch this <laughs> thing again. <laughs> we'll we'll throw a link in the this we'll throw a link with everything when uh when everything's all said and done, but yeah, no, that was that was great. I mean, like the rest of the weekend went by pretty fast too. To be completely honest with you, like after that, like next thing I knew, the whole whole weekend was over. Whole weekend was over. I was trying to get my last games in. I was trying to get my last touches in. And it was it was crazy. That's we were talking. I mean, I I'm still tired to this moment. I mean, we were going constantly, but. If I had five more days there, I could have filled all five days just talking to people. I mean, I met so many cool people, and I made so many connections. And if you're someone in my position with, you know, I have I have a 1,000 followers on Twitch. My, my Instagram's at, like, 5K. My Twitter's at, like, 1K. I'm not huge. I'm, I'm really, like, I'm humbled that people even want to talk to me. Yeah. But if you're at my level... You need to go to these events. You need to talk to people because I genuinely mean that this was the best weekend that ever could have happened to us. And I want to add that if you're shy, don't be because I'm very easy. Like, I'll, you know, an interaction will end and I'll look at Sydney, my partner, my, my best friend and everything, and I'll just say, like, you know, they were cool, but they kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. I didn't like that they said this or that. I'm, I'm, I'm a little easy to agitate. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, nobody, not a single person rubbed me the wrong way. There, all these people are professionals at, you know, being outgoing and being kind. This is why they're successful. So go in, speak your mind, say what you want to say, because if you say it to these people, they're going to react positively, and that's going to give you the confidence to do it more and to do it online for your followers and to keep growing. Yep. I have to agree, like, I spent this weekend, like, which I'll t- uh, touch up on in a couple minutes, I went around and I recorded a lot of people, you know, I, was, I walked up to these developers, people I've never seen before, people who honestly could have, you know, said no, and I would have probably been alright with it, I was like, can I record you, can I interview you for a second, and they were all about it, they love talking to people, they love getting people's feedback, they love hearing what people have to say, getting reactions out of people because, you know, it gets them interested. Like, one of the guys I interviewed, because I talked to him, I was all about his game that entire weekend, man. It was, it was a great time. Like, even if you don't have any, like, positions in this kind of industry or anything like that, having these connections, just talking to these people, becoming friends with them can always benefit you in the long run. And that's what I, I learned that my first year at and it's helped me to this day. It's gotten me the confidence to start this podcast, ironically. Like, I had to talk to a lot of people, you know, and here I am now. I'm having my interview with Danny, and it's great. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, 
and I'm glad you're doing it. It sounds like, I mean, I just if this is your first podcast that you're making, I'm I'm very impressed. Just to put it in that, put it in there. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you very much. Like I've done a couple shows before, like you know stuff like that. This is the first time I've done my podcast on my own, and it was nerve wracking because for like a straight month, a straight month I was really worried about it. But then I was like, packs was coming up, and I was like, you know what? If there was a time to do it, there was a time to try to get it done. There was a time to really just gung ho go for it. Packs was the prime moment, and I do not regret it at all. Because you never know. Because now I know it's like I can get something out of this and get stuff done with this. All the connections people made and all the interview material that I have, it's great. So, I'm looking forward to the future. Now, oh, yeah, man. So, moving on. What I want, the core of the interview today is the indie games. I got to touch a couple indie games and a couple major games. Like, I got to play Samurai Showdown, which was a really great game. But there was a couple indie games that I interviewed some people for that I really wanted to touch up on. But before I get to the ones I wanted to talk about, which ones did you get to touch that you really caught your eye? We spoke about one earlier. Um, so there were several. Um, I mean, obviously, Layers of Fear. I don't know if I'd quite call them indie. I'd say they're they're getting there. They're decently big. Yeah. Um, their their new game looks awesome, and I I've watched the first one i haven't i haven't played the first one um i'm really interested in that i love everything i saw about that game okay um we played a game called res please did you see that on the floor no i did not there was a lot of games i missed unfortunately so and and there were so many it's really hard to hit everything you want to hit um but res please was actually in the indie mega booth and it's a really cute platformer. Um, I want to say it's 16-bit. And the whole game is based on the fact that you're two sorcerers, I guess you would say. And some of the obstacles are insurmountable without your partner dying. Ooh. So perhaps the spike pit is simply too long for you to get across, and you need to have one teammate jump onto the spikes for you to jump onto your teammate's body, proceed, and then resurrect them on the other side. Ooh. Um, it, right. It, it was a very interesting idea, and I really enjoyed playing that. Um, did you want me to go ahead with another one, or we? Oh no, 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 no! I want to hear. I want to hear another one. Like that. That one sounds really fun. Like Res. What was it called again? Uh, Res Please, R E Z P L Z, which is by Res Please Games. <laughs> funny, funny. Res Please, huh? So you, it's the whole core is sacrifice so both of you can make it through because you know you can bring them back. That's that's a very interesting premise. And what was the, one of the other ones that you uh, encountered? I'll tell my. I'll tell a couple uh, of them after. There was kind of a. It's an isometric. I wouldn't say top down. Kind of a three quarter view. Uh, almost like an Ultimate Alliance or a classic TMNT, um, where you're, oh, I wish I remembered her name, it's called Obey Me, and you're just a combatant. It, it, it was very dark, it gave me kind of the messenger vibes, and she had a dog, and her dog turned into a demon, 
and I can't you you can't go wrong with a demon dog. No, the gameplay can't. looked very interesting. Um combo based. It, I loved everything about it. All right, all right. And then Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, continue, continue. I'm okay. I'm just going off over here. So finally, the last video game that really blew my mind was called After Party. And I think I think this was probably the indie game of the con. Um, there were awards plastered all over their background there. But it was similar to Oxenfree. Have you played Oxenfree? Oh my god, it's funny you should say that. I remember I was playing Oxenfree a couple months ago, and I never, I haven't finished it. But I, I got probably about like an hour or two in, and the game is a lot of fun. Like I was surprised at how, fun, how much fun I had with it. Like it's not... Not heavily action based. The puzzles are not necessarily complex, but the game itself had a very vibrant story to tell, and I was intrigued and I was loving it. So yes, right. It's it's really interesting, and I I don't really play games like Oxen Free, but I think I got it on a sale on the Switch, and I played through it, and I really loved it. Yes. So After Party, I would compare really similar to Oxen Free except it's themed after you start out at your last college party and somehow you end up dying and you end up in hell with your best friend. And you're looking for this loophole as to, you know, you don't feel like this death is fair. You feel like you have a lot to live for. And what comes out of it is you find a loophole to get out of hell. And what happens is you have to out-party the devil. No. And... The devil holds these crazy parties after hours in hell. Like, everybody works in torture till, whatever, 3 p.m., 5 p.m. And then everybody, like, all the demons and all the humans are cool after that time. So, Satan throws these ragers and you have to go out party him. And that's that's my vibe. That's it, It's so gorgeous. And it looks so fun and interesting, and I can't wait to play it. Oh my god, that one that does sound like the game. Oh wow, I did not expect that. Have to out party the devil. If there's ever there's ever been a thing that people have always said is like, I want to be I want to do where you're so bad at out party the devil. That's that's amazing. And that one, um, we'll touch up on where uh where you can try to find these all, and I'll have links for these later for people to check out. But for me, I got um. I got to touch quite a few games, and there was like three or four that really caught my idea, my eye. So the first one I want to talk about is a platformer. Uh, I'd say it's something similar to it's 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 a little bit combo based. It's called Super Crush KO, and you're basically this girl, and she's going through fighting these machines and whatnot, and they she has like moves like pizza uppercut and she's got like this little blaster that she can fire the the game it's a 2d side scroller um it's cartoony almost in a sense like it's not like it's not like any it's not like 32 bit or anything like that like it's it's smooth around the edges it's bright and pink and it's a lot of fun like i like those kind of like combo heavy platformer games where you can do like little one, two, three, four kick combos and really just get in there and just have a bunch of fun being mindless robots. Um, that was one of the first ones I came across and really enjoyed. But 
that that one again was called Super Crush KO, and it caught my eye mainly because it was pink, and pink always stands out. I I genuinely remember seeing that booth because of the plethora of pink, and pink also stands out to me. <laughs> pink isn't a bad color, everybody. It's a great color, regardless if you're a guy or a girl. The next one, the immediate when I first saw it, I immediately thought of Hollow Knight and Ori in the Blind Forest. This one was called Evergate. It's right across from uh, Super Crush KO, and the story for this one was about a girl who passed away or some passed away and she has no memories. And the objective of the game is she's trying to get her memories back through getting them from her past lives. Not necessarily her life, but all these past lives that she's had up until her and she's trying to get them back. Now I played the first level and they like they told me uh, I, when I interviewed the guy about it because I interviewed him, he was like, "This isn't. We got our inspiration from games like Hollow Knight and everything, but we decided to go with a platformer puzzle." Which, when he said that, it immediately reminded me of uh, Catherine. But it's not in that kind of sense. Like you're all visual wise, you it screams Hollow Knight, it screams Ori in the Blind Forest, but they have such very unique ways to do a puzzle game where. You have infinite lives. You don't have to worry about whenever you die or anything like that. It resets the level, and it's a very unique, it's a very good mechanic because there are certain ways that you're supposed to progress through the levels in order to get to your memories. And it's a very cool game. Like I liked it. I sat there for about a good 10, 15 minutes just playing it. Like I was dying a lot, but I was trying a lot of different things. Like you. It, it's a lot of fun. It's something I would definitely keep my eyes out for. And the next one I'm going to talk about, last of one or two, this one's called Lost Island. Now, when I saw this, uh, the first thing I saw was that it was a little bit on the medieval side. It wasn't necessarily modern or anything like that, but it was a great-looking game. It has um, found out it was running on an Unreal Engine 4, which is a very popular engine, as most people know. And was this the game immediately opposite the Meta Threads booth, or immediately behind the Meta Threads booth? Do you remember? Um, I think it was nearby the Meta Threads booth. I can't remember off the top of my head, to be completely honest with you. It's really a blur. But um, if people end up wanting to see exactly where it was, I do have a video of my record of interview with a one of the producers for the game. But the game was like a hybrid of a um, free-for-all, like all of the Fortnites and everything, but then it was also like a survival game because the whole purpose of the game is like you're pretty much trapped on this island and the objective of the game is to get off the island, essentially. Like one of the ways to win it, obviously, is if you kill everybody or they don't recommend that. They actually recommend that you team up with other people, you pair up with other people, you on the resources and you get together to build like ships or something else to get off of the island that you're on. And you don't want to be the last one on the island. Now, when I when he told me that, I thought that was a very interesting concept, a very interesting way to approach that kind of style for the Battle Royales because it's not really a Battle Royale at that point. It's really just a massive... I like, think uh, Ark Survival, something like that. That would be probably some of the closest thing you could describe... Uh, 
associated with, but it didn't feel like art survival. Like I, well, the entire time he was uh, was interviewing him and talking to him about it, I didn't feel the art survival thing. I felt like it was a very unique game. Not only it was called Lost Islands. So, so far, honestly, like I, I think like the, the games that they come across are really good. Um, there is one more I want to uh, touch up on, but was there any other game that you think of that you want to speak of? Um, I should we talk about tabletop after because I was thinking maybe we could touch on games I missed that I wanted to see. Yes, we can. We can. So I will get on to this last um, one. Oh yeah, go ahead. All right. So the last game I uh, touched on, which I think was probably one of the bigger ones that was there, was the Blessed Unleashed. They were the booth that was giving out the free scarves, the bags, and flask and t-shirts, and when I saw this, uh, I didn't notice this game, uh, booth the first day, first couple of days. One of my friends actually reached out to me. He's also a Twitch streamer. And he was telling me about this game. It's uh, going to be on Xbox and I believe it's at Steam. But it's basically a another Black Desert kind of game. An MMO, RPG kind of style. And it's about Greek mythology in a sense. Like your whole village gets destroyed. You don't really know why. You're trying to figure out why. So then you start joining these other people, you know, trying to get deeper and deeper into it. And then you start running into the Greek gods and all that fun stuff. And we all know it's people who are in media, you know, people who love all kinds of games and things like that, how much of a nuisance the Greek gods can be. <laughs> so I spent a decent amount of time checking this game out, and the game felt great. Like, it's got combo stuff. It's got combo setups. It's got beautiful graphics. The NPCs weren't too bad. Like, it still had a little bit of bugs because it's not quite in that beta phase yet. So a little bit more in the alpha phase. But it reminded me a little bit of Warframe. And if have you ever played Warframe? I'm pretty sure you have. I'm aware of Warframe. I haven't played Warframe. Yes, Warframe is like one of the most popular continuing free-to-play games. And it reminded me a little bit of that just with the freedom of stuff that you can do. Like You can move around a little bit, you have access to different combos, each characters have their own good setups, and it was a lot of fun. I think it was one of the, one of the most fun I had with games that we get. But as you said, you wanted to talk about uh, some board games, because I did not get a chance to check out too many board games. It was what I was looking forward to seeing again, but I don't think I saw them there with the stand. So, I mean, I, I think we should definitely note, too, um, it was interesting. Usually all the tabletop is relegated to the back of the convention. Yeah. And they they mixed it all in this year. It was really interesting that, I mean, you could be walking by this cute Castle Crashers-inspired game video game and then the very next booth was some cool card battle game um and i i think it probably brought a lot more people to tabletop who may have not necessarily gone over to tabletop yeah i think it was a really good idea i i, have um, to agree I with did that. i did see from one tabletop developer that they didn't love it um perhaps it was a little too loud over in that area i think it's kind of hard to demo a, a card battle game or a board game or a uh, you know role playing game 
in such a loud area, but I want to believe that the pros outweighed the cons here. Um, that said, yeah, I have three games here with me, actually, that we demoed or talked about with the creators. Um, the first one's called Elementra Dragon Academy. It's a card battle game by D-Evolution Studios, and we actually met Rich before the con, and he invited us to come by the booth, so we went and checked it out. We actually just happened upon it in our laps that we did, and we spent some time with him. We learned this game, um, and it's really interesting. It's just 30 cards. Each player, it plays up to, sorry, bear with me. Yep. I think it plays up to 10. All right. And each player draws two cards as their opening hand. And your first move is you draw a card, and your second move is you discard a card. And every card in the deck has a discard effect and a battle effect. Battle can only be caused by no cards being left in the deck or a discard effect that makes battle happen. And the winner of each round has to have a dragon and a rider in their hand, and it'll be the dragon and rider with the most points. So it's a very fast-paced card battle game. Okay. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I I love tabletop games, but I don't have a lot of time to play tabletop games. So it it was really exciting to me that I I like the theme of it. I like I like the idea behind it, and I like the way it plays. So you guys should definitely check that out. That's D Evolution Studios, and the game's called Elementra. And while I'm mentioning Rich and his company, they have another game called Lil Cthulhu that they kickstarted, and we demoed that as well, and it was awesome. It was so fun to play. Um, and there's so many Lovecraftian references hidden in that game. It was super fun. Uh, Lovecraft is just a whole cesspool of amazing things, good and bad and scary and funny and the like. So I understand that. Uh, one The booth that I was uh, talking about a moment ago that I wanted to see, but I don't know if they were there, is called Boros. It was one that I came across last year, actually. And the whole game was, uh, was a board game. And you had a character card and these other cards. Bear with me here. Now, um, essentially what the game was about was um, you're trying to make it through the board game. And you're trying to... It was a specific objective that I can't really remember off the top of my head. But essentially it was a board game that used a very interesting mechanic with um, powers where your character... Well, you had to build words, and once you got to a certain amount of points, after building words, you won the game. And those words that you built, you got from going over the board. So wherever you landed, like depending on what you landed on, you got a letter for that, and then you got a letter for, you know, continuing on, etc., etc. It was it was a very interesting game that I spent about twenty minutes playing last year, that had a Kickstarter. And I have not seen anything else from it yet. Very unfortunate. A lot of fun. But uh, was there another game that you saw board game-wise? or There was, and I'm actually really glad that you just talked about sort of, I, I guess I wouldn't say a similar game because this is a role-playing game, but, I mean, this, this game is very word-oriented, and it's called the bloody-handed name of bronze, and it's by a fine gentleman that we met by Joshua A.C. Newman. 
And I don't want to say it's D&D inspired, but it's definitely a role-playing game. And, I mean, the naming system is impactful to the story. And that's there's a whole page of how you can name individuals in the world and places in the world. And you're constantly building the story as you go based on this language. And I thought that was really interesting. And again, I'm not... I mean, Sydney is definitely the tabletop and RPG player, but this got me really interested, and he was a super nice guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I really think you guys should check this out if that's something you're interested in. All right, that sounds good to me, too. I mean, like, that's I love those kind of games. I play a lot of... I, I, I dabble in a lot of different things, like from professional gaming almost to tabletop. Like, I have a lot of D&D campaigns that I've been involved with. If people know what Scion is, I've been involved with Scion and there's a lot going on with that and I love those kind of games because you get to create your own character and they get thrown in this big world where you have pretty much free range to do what you want within the range of what they're trying to get you to do so for a game like that I would love to try that out because that sounds like a lot of fun a lot of a good party game or a good game to play with a bunch of friends and you have them over for a little bit before you decide to go out to go watch the new Avengers movie or this and that. <laughs> so that's, I mean, like, that's more or less what we wanted to talk about. Was there anything else you wanted to say at all? Or? Um, yeah, if, if we have the time, absolutely. There's just, just a quick, I mean, Joshua also had another game that for anybody, for me specifically, I'm just speaking from experience, I love the idea of miniatures games, but I don't have the funds or the time to commit to something like that. Right. But Joshua had a game that was like a mech miniature game, and I wish I remembered the name, and I'll make sure that I get you this link as well. But all of the mechs are built with Legos, and you can kind of customize or build a pre-built Lego miniature, and the, the game is based on you being able to build a mech and use that in combat, and I thought that was super interesting. Um, And then finally, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, that sounds amazing. You definitely need to show me that link at some point. I'll look forward to that. I definitely will. And then finally, uh, we spoke to our friend Nolan at N3 Studios, and he was at a booth with Deepwater Games. And I honestly, some of you guys might have heard this game before. It's called Welcome to Your Perfect Home, and I would almost compare it to a Yahtzee sheet where you everybody has their own paper sheet, and it looks like a neighborhood, and you're dealt cards, and you can build a neighborhood based on the cards that you're dealt with enhancements and buildings, and there's, there's so much to it. You can play with infinite people, and I think we're actually going to find a way to get sheets out there and play it on stream because it was so interesting to us um, that we can we we can just play with so many people and we we'd love to have you over to play this game we're just so excited about it oh dude no definitely let me know that that sounds pretty interesting as well like there's a lot i'm very upset because there's a lot of games that i could have seen at pax i just didn't have the time to touch and I really hope a lot of them do end up doing well because some of those games are very interesting. Those are the kind of games we need. Like we have all of our big titles, we have our we have our Borderlands, we have our Overwatch, we have our Black Ops. But these small games 
are really what pushes the gaming industry forward because they they're the games that we play when we don't want to play no major title. We want to just like kind of relax, sit back, and you know have have a little bit of fun, play something while we're talking to somebody. You know, like we get immersed and you play these small games and you get you play them for a few hours. It's not like they're not any better or worse than the any of the major titles, but like there there's so many of them that we just just never get tired of. And that's a major thing because if you can never get tired of playing indie games like that, then you'll always have something to play. And that's a big Absolutely. thing that I really enjoy. But I mean, if you have nothing else, I mean, that's pretty much the show. I mean, like, that's that's it. I and mean, like, I don't have anything else really I need to point out, honestly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to just touch on a couple things that I didn't get to see that were there that I think are worth seeing. Oh, um, please do tell. Close to the Sun is an indie game that I would compare to a Bioshock. They didn't have combat in-game yet, so I didn't sit down with it. But it looks beautiful, and it was being covered by all of the the, the uh, sorry the publications Thursday night. So I was very interested in seeing that, but didn't get a chance to, and found out there was no combat, so we went and did something else. Okay. Um, there was also... Control, which is by Remedy, the same developers of Alan Wake and Quantum Break. Ooh, that's a good. Uh, those, those are, are good developers. Games, yeah, those are some games very near and dear to my heart. And it was at the Sony booth, and I wasn't standing in line for it. Honestly, I mean, we know we're gonna play it, so <laughs> it, we went and did something else. Uh, yeah, the there wasn't a whole lot we missed, but I mean, I'm sure there was. I mean, even just talking about welcome to your perfect home with you. I know there were a lot of incredible games that maybe if I hadn't talked to the person who helped make it, I, I'm never going to see, or I'm, I might not ever play. Um, so I would say to anybody at a convention, use your time as best as possible, because there are so many games that you may at first glance not be interested in, but once you talk to the people who made it, you'll see the facets of why they created it, and it'll be more interesting and probably get you to grab it. I completely agree. And you reminded me, actually, that one more game that I did see that I want to talk about. It's called One Finger Death Punch 2. And I don't know if you saw it, but it was essentially just a stick fighter free-for-all, and I'm all about those. I love stick fights. I remember when I was a little uh, younger, I used to go on Newgrounds and... Uh, watch all those stick fight animation show things. Oh, my God, I love those. Mm-hmm. So that one, i definitely say, if you get a chance, check that out. But if you got nothing else, I mean, that's the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you so much for having me on, and I'd love to do this again. This was the first podcast that I ever did, and I hope that I did my best. I hope that everybody liked hearing what I had to say. Yeah, no, you did great. You did great. And... um I'll have a link for your Twitch stream and everything else if you want to just give a shout-out and let everybody know one more time. Yeah, absolutely. It's twitch.tv slash Danny Okos. That's O-H-K-O-S, as in one-hit knockouts. Um, and you can find me over on Instagram or Twitter with the same name. All right. Well, this is Joe's Compendium recording his first episode officially. And that's all we have for today. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Danny, and we'll see everybody soon.